Chapter Twenty One of the Star Chamber: An Historical Romance, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Star Chamber: An Historical Romance, Volume Two, by William Harrison Ainsworth. Chapter Twenty One the arrest as he approached the cottage a heavy presentiment of ill seized sir jocelyn the place seemed to have lost its customary smiling air no fair countenance beamed upon him from the casement no light footsteps were heard hastening to the door no one opened it to give him welcome could aveline have fled or had some dire misfortune happened to her suspense was worse than certainty of ill and after a moment's hesitation he raised the latch and with trembling footsteps crossed the threshold she was gone he could no longer doubt it the disordered appearance of the chamber in which he found himself with its furniture scattered about seemed to tell of a struggle and a forcible abduction nevertheless though expecting no answer he called forth her name in accents of wildest despair she came not to his cries neither she nor her companion dame sherborne nor her faithful attendant old anthony rock all were gone the house was indeed desolate still clinging to hope he flew upstairs but could find no traces there of any of the inmates of the dwelling and with a heart now completely crushed he descended to the chamber he had just quitted here he found clement lanyer surveying the scene of confusion around him with a stern and troubled look sir jocelyn instantly rushed up to him and seizing him by the arm fiercely demanded what had become of aveline she is in the hands of sir francis mitchell replied the promoter shaking him off and for aught i know may be wedded to him by this time wedded almost shrieked the young man impossible she would never consent and he would not dare to have recourse to violence though he might not his partner sir giles mompesson would have no such scruples returned the promoter but perhaps you are right and aveline's determined resistance may intimidate them both so that they may abandon their design i hope so for your sake and for hers also but i have my fears you know more than you choose to avow sir said sir jocelyn sternly and as you value your life i command you to speak plainly and tell me what has happened and where i shall find aveline so commanded by any other than yourself sir jocelyn rejoined the promoter i would not speak but to you i say as i have before declared that aveline is undoubtedly in the power of sir francis mitchell and that it will rest entirely with herself whether she escapes him or not and you have caused me to be detained while she has been carried off exclaimed sir jocelyn furiously fool that i was to trust you you are in league with the villains think of me what you please and say what you will you shall not anger me 
rejoined the promoter i discovered your flight from the place of refuge i had procured for you and guessing where you had come followed you hither your danger is not past vainly will you seek sir francis mitchell you will not find him but you will find a sergeant-at-arms with a star-chamber warrant for your arrest to this you can offer no resistance and what will follow i will tell you immediate incarceration in the fleet prison and when safely lodged there how may i ask are you to liberate aveline i must trust to chance replied sir jocelyn i can no longer place any reliance upon you stand aside and let me pass i would not harm you you cannot injure one whose intentions are friendly to you as mine are listen to me and let what i have to say sink deeply into your breast do anything rather than render yourself amenable to the accursed tribunal i have named abandon mistress friend relative all who are near and dear to you if they would bring you within its grasp and do you venture to give me this shameful counsel do you think i will attend to it cried sir jocelyn i am sure you will if you hear me out and you shall hear me the promoter exclaimed with so much authority that the young man however impatient could not refuse attention to him look me in the face sir jocelyn regard me well behold these ineffable marks made by the heated iron and the sharpened knife how came they there from a sentence of the star-chamber and as my offence was the same as yours so your sentence will correspond with mine your punishment will be the same as mine branding and mutilation ha i perceive i have touched you now what was your offence unhappy man asked sir jocelyn averting his gaze from the hideous aspect which now lighted up with mingled emotions of rage and despair had become absolutely appalling the same as your own as i have said replied the other a few hasty words impugning the justice of this vindictive court better had i cut out my tongue than have given utterance to them but my case more nearly resembled yours than i have yet explained for like you i had incurred the displeasure of sir giles mompesson and was by him delivered to these hellish tormentors acting under cover of the star-chamber and in pursuance of its iniquitous decrees he nailed me to the pillory and so fast that the ears through which the spikes were driven were left behind think how you would like that sir jocelyn think what you would feel if you stood there on that infamous post a spectacle to the base and shouting rabble with a paper fastened to your breast setting forth your crimes and acquainting all that you were a star chamber delinquent enough sir interrupted sir jocelyn ay enough more than enough rejoined the other but i cannot spare you the whole of the recital however painful it may be to you my own sufferings will be yours if you heed not so i shall go on in robbing me of my ears the executioner had only half done his work 
he had still further to deface the image of his maker and he hesitated not in his task no savage in the wilds could have treated his deadliest enemy worse than he treated me and yet the vile concourse applauded him and not a word of pity escaped them my sentence was fully carried out my features for ever disfigured and the letters of shame indelibly stamped upon my cheek you may read them there now if you will look at me you thrill me with horror said sir jocelyn ay mine is not a mirthful history though that fiend in human form sir giles hath often laughed at it rejoined the promoter it might make you shudder and perchance move you to tears if you could hear it all but for the present i shall confine myself to such portions of it as bear upon your own perilous position and i therefore hold myself out as a lesson to you again i bid you look upon this ravaged countenance and say if by any stretch of fancy you can persuade yourself it was once as comely as your own you find it difficult to believe my words yet such was the fact i he continued in a tone of profoundest melancholy i was once proud of the gifts nature had vouchsafed me too proud alas and i was punished for my vanity and self-boasting in those days i loved and was beloved in return by a damsel beautiful as aveline after my horrible punishment i beheld her no more knowing she must regard me with aversion i shunned her i desired not to be an object of pity bring this home to your own breast sir jocelyn and think how direful would be your lot to be driven for ever from her you love yet such has been my case i cannot bear the contemplation it were madness cried the young man there was a brief pause after which lanyere resumed his story at the time of being cast into the fleet prison my prospects were fair enough when i came forth i was utterly ruined existence was a burden to me and i should have ended my days by my own hand if the insatiable desire of vengeance had not bound me to the world for this alone i consented to live to bear the agonies of blighted love to endure the scorn and taunts of all with whom i was brought into contact nay i attached myself to him who had so deeply wronged me to ensure revenge upon him my great fear was lest i should be robbed of this precious morsel and you may remember that i struck up your sword when it had touched his breast he must die by no other hand than mine your vengeance has been tardy observed sir jocelyn true replied the other i have delayed it for several reasons but chiefly because i would have it complete the work is begun and its final accomplishment will not be long postponed i will not destroy him till i have destroyed the superstructure on which he has built his fortunes till all has crumbled beneath him and he is beggared and dishonoured i have begun the work i say look here he cried taking a parchment from his doublet you would give much for this deed sir jocelyn 
this makes me lord of a large property in norfolk with which you are well acquainted you cannot mean the mountchensey estates cried sir jocelyn yet now i look at the instrument it is so i obtained this assignment by stratagem said the promoter and i have thereby deprived sir giles of the most valuable portion of his spoils and though he thinks to win it back again he will find himself deceived my measures are too well taken this is the chief prop of the fabric it has taken him so long to rear and ere long i will shake it wholly in pieces but if you have become unlawfully possessed of this property as would appear to be the case by your own showing you cannot hope to retain it said the young knight trust me sir jocelyn i shall prove a better title to it than sir giles could exhibit rejoined lanyere but this is not a time for full explanation if i carry out my schemes you will not be the last person benefited by them again i ask you what possible interest can you feel in me demanded the young knight with curiosity next to myself you have been most injured by sir giles and even more than myself are you an object of dislike to him these would suffice to excite my sympathy towards you but i have other and stronger reasons for my friendly feeling towards you which in due season you shall know all your proceedings are mysterious observed sir jocelyn they must needs be so from the circumstances in which i am placed i am compelled to veil them as i do my hateful features from the prying eyes of men but they will be made clear anon and you will then understand me and my motives better ha what is this he suddenly exclaimed as a noise outside attracted his attention fly fly there is danger but the warning was too late ere the young man who stood irresolute could effect his retreat from the back of the cottage the door was thrown open and a sergeant-at-arms with three attendants in black gowns and flat caps and having black staves in their hands entered the room sir jocelyn had partly drawn his sword but restored it to the scabbard on a glance from lanyere resistance must not be offered said the latter in a low tone you will only make a bad matter worse the sergeant-at-arms a tall thin man with a sinister aspect advanced towards the young knight and touching him with his wand said i attach your person sir jocelyn mountchensey in virtue of a warrant which i hold from the high court of star chamber i yield myself your prisoner sir replied sir jocelyn whither am i to be taken you will be taken before the lords of the council in the first instance and afterwards in all probability be consigned to the custody of the wardens of his majesty's jail of the fleet replied the sergeant-at-arms i would fain know the nature of my offence said sir jocelyn you will learn that when the interrogatories are put to you replied the official but i am told you have disparaged the dignity of the high court and that is an offence ever severely punished your accuser is sir giles mompesson 
having said thus much the sergeant-at-arms turned to the promoter and inquired are you not clement lanyer why do you ask rejoined the other because if you are he i must request you to accompany me to sir giles mompesson lanyer is my name replied the other and if i decline to attend you as you request it is from no disrespect to you but from distaste to the society into which you propose to bring me your warrant does not extend to me it does not sir replied the sergeant-at-arms nevertheless arrest him cried a voice at the back of the house and a window being thrown open the face of sir giles mompesson appeared at it arrest him repeated the extortioner the sergeant-at-arms made a movement as if of compliance but lanyer bent towards him and whispered a few words in his ear on hearing which the official respectfully retired why are not my injunctions obeyed sir demanded sir giles furiously from the window because he has rendered me good reason why he may not be molested by us or by any one else replied the officer significantly lanyer looked with a smile of triumph at the extortioner and then turning to sir jocelyn who seemed half disposed to make an attack upon his enemy said in an undertone harm him not leave him to me after which he quitted the cottage sir giles then signed to the sergeant-at-arms to remove his prisoner and disappeared and the attendants in sable cloaks closing round sir jocelyn the party went forth. End of chapter 21